Welcome, everybody. We're back for another Monday. Thankful to be here. Thankful to be with all y'all. Hopefully you cashed some tickets yesterday being Sunday, if you're listening, Monday night. But anyway, we got Drew. Drew, how are you doing? How was your weekend? And how was your CJ Cup? Weekend was great. CJ Cup was, it was fine. Um, we were yeah. in the green, so it wasn't anything to to write home about. But um, I, listen, man, seeing Ricky in contention, Rory in contention, yeah. some names that we haven't necessarily seen there um, in a while. Was It was a lot of fun outside of the butchery and the coverage, but we couldn't really see much of it on Sunday. Yeah, but uh, gosh. yeah, so that was just, a, just an absolute disaster. But the golf tournament itself, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun. I and can argue whether you like birdie fest or whatnot, but uh, but it was a lot of fun come the back nine and Rory just kind of pulled away and and. It, the other shocking thing to me was, you know, he lost, you know, strokes and approach right, over the week right. and, and still won. So not a, really a recipe for Rory to be uh, the best putter in the field, but he got it done. And I think a win that he he kind of needed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of been up and back, or I should say back and forth between, you know, after he kind of lost, uh, you know, before the, well, before the Ryder Cup and kind of said, gosh, well, I think it was the players and said he's chasing distance. And then he would come back later in the summer, say, hey, my life, I'm just content with things. How my, you know, my, my perspective has changed. And then he kind of, we kind of saw a new Rory after the Ryder Cup about actually how much this really means to him. And then he was kind of blatantly honest about, hey, I, I can just be me and I can still win golf tournaments and that's okay. So, Rory is incredible. He offers such great insight. It's so good to see him win. He's so healthy for, for the game. Yeah, and it's just wild. It's he did it on with the putter and not on approach. He did kill it off the tee and and it kind of good for him. And it was a fun back nine. It was a fun tournament, but we only got to saw a little like the back nine, that's it. And <laughs> yeah. less, less than that for some of the golfers. And so that was a little bummer. And the course was kind of, it was just kind of funky. It it you know, obviously, it's like you said last week. It's for uh, resort. It's a resort style course. Man, it it, it just was kind. Of, it was just kind of kind of kind of wonky. But um, good to see Rory win. I, yeah. I had a little Adam Scott going into Sunday, and gosh, Adam Scott's putter showed up like it typically does, and it, <laughs> it, was, it was it was tilting. But but let let's jump in. Let's jump into the Zozo right now. And you're the, the course expert. What do we know about? the Zozo over in Japan. Well, I, listen, anytime that I can mention Tiger Woods, I certainly am excited there to do so. Um, <laughs> and, and last time we were at Narashino uh, Country Club, Tiger didn't win, and he won a 19-under. The thing that we kind of have to throw out the window to an extent is you look at 19-under from last time we played here, only two guys were better than 13-under par, um, and also in very soft, wet conditions. Um, the one thing mm -hmm. you'll know, and as you've seen at the Olympics – the golf courses in Japan are, are so well manicured. It's it's I mean, and, and yes, there's courses in the United States that, that are similar. But but the way these play these places and these golf courses are maintained is going to be phenomenal. It'll be great for TV. It'll be great for prime time. Um, but you look at the course itself and just over 7000 yards, par 70, mm -hmm. not a long golf course. Um, the cool thing, which everybody's been talking about, and I find extremely neat and I think to an extent, like newer golf courses should should kind of adapt or adopt this philosophy with the double greens. Oh, 
And here it's it's almost a little different. We talk about double greens. You think one green complex with two different, you know, right. pins on it. Well, it's it's slightly different here, right? We're talking about two kind of separate green complexes a lot of the time. One thing that helps when you're talking about a golf course like superintendent, something like that, is to be able to kind of like get traction and get foot, you know, people walking on the greens and playing the oh, greens. See, I, I wanted to ask you about that because what if you kind of obviously let's say you kind of pull an iron shot and you end up on the second green not being used and you have to you know kind of do a little chip and you kind of scruff up the green the superintendent can't be too happy about that no not at all no you're right and that's gonna it probably won't happen to i think it's gonna happen more on a, a skill level of us right like right. you will, i don't expect you to see a lot of that situation the other thing is at a professional level, these guys are shallow enough with their wedges where they're not just gouging out of the greens, but you're right. It, it, you're right. Yeah. If it was a bunch of uh, drunk 18 handicappers, um, I think that's a, the superintendent's nightmare, but it, the cool thing is it's two completely different grasses. You have bent grass on one, you got Zoysia as well as Bermuda on the other. So to an extent that you're saying, okay, these are two different types of grasses. Well, when you have a golf course that's manicured and, and put together as well as, is this golf course we're going to see this week is it's not huge swaying. Like, like when we see like a, a Bermuda with, with tons and tons of grain in it, um, it's not going to be necessarily like, like you're going down and seeing a Florida Bermuda course when we're looking at this week. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. But the two, the, again, the two green setup is, is a wonderful thing. And for superintendents, they can let a green heal. They they have the options to kind of do what they want in order to kind of keep everything pristine. And having that second option is, is certainly uh, a beneficial. Um, but the other thing that we look at when when Tiger won here, there's there's five par threes, right? And Tiger was best in the field in par three efficiency that week. That week, so I think that's the first thing I'm looking at. Um, anytime you're throwing in five par threes and none of them are over 200 yards. So there's not anything that's going to be overly demanding as far as distance wise, which when we look back and on tour and what we see on a week to week basis, 200 to 220 yard par threes are kind of the norm, uh, what we see here in America. So mm -hmm. that is going to be different. So, um, again, when Tiger won, he was 65% of the fairways, 76% of the greens. I think you're going to see somewhat of the same formula. The one thing I'm looking at this week that we haven't really discussed in these birdie fest, and I don't think this is necessarily going to be that. Like I said, you know, when you have two guys that get over 13 under, I know one gets to 19. That's not exactly a birdie fest, especially with soft conditions. Um, but this week is going to bring in um, scrambling, how you're playing oh, around yeah, the greens, yeah. because these greens in proximity are not nearly as large as some of the greens we've been playing the last few weeks. Um, so I definitely think that it, we haven't even talked about it for the last few weeks, but that's going to definitely come into play. Of course, driving distance, I'm not overly concerned about, um, strokes game putting. We always talk about how, you know, putting kind of travels. Uh, and when we're talking about perfect surfaces, uh, I think the best putters will definitely shine there and then you can break it down. I mean, there's, there's almost nine holes on this golf course that aren't necessarily scorable. So you have to make sure you're taking advantage of the holes that are, um, so for me, par three efficiency is, is at the top for me. Uh, of course, we're going to sprinkle an approach. Um, it's not necessarily a huge deal to miss the fairways. There's a lot of tree lined holes, but the trees aren't necessarily right off the fairways. Like we saw at Valderrama this last week, which mm -hmm. is a crazy golf course on the Euro circuit. Um, so I'm definitely looking at par three efficiency again, strokes gain approach, uh, strokes gain putting. And, and now we're throwing some short game into here. And I think that's a, something right. that we haven't really been baking in here as far as this fall swing goes. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. 
Uh, I think the recipe will be similar to what we saw from Tiger in 2019, uh, who ends up being the champion this week. Oh, well, great insight. And right on you. I'm going to mirror what you're talking about with the ground around the green. I think scrambling around the green are going to be key this week. Um, and, I, I, you know, what I've seen so far is that this course, and we own the sample size is small, but it, it was a big advantage for golfers that finished in the top five and the top 10 last time we were here in driving accuracy. And so it might not be you know, awful if you kind of miss a, a fairway, but it just seems like with this tournament, it's harder to get in scoring position. And so obviously birdie or better gain is a big statistic. What I've also, and the last thing I'll just say is that strokes gain ball striking to me is going to be the most weighted stat. Usually that's approach ball start striking is going to be um, just a tad bit more than approach this, this week. And you're right on with, with the par threes and that'll be, um, you know, well-known information, how well Tiger did on that when he won this event. But let's let's just jump right into it. And we got the board in front of us. Uh, and I'll kind of go into a little bit strategy as we go. Again, I always talk about that. You get in these unknowns and you get into a weak field. It's actually great for DFS. And what tends to happen, again, our minds go to the golfers. We think we give us some security when there's a lot of unknowns. And we have like, it's like, 10% of the field is Asian players. And so there's a lot of aerials pulls there. Let's take advantage of that in DFS. Some of the best uh, weeks, or maybe the most likely, if we have this strategy within the GPPs, this is the most likely time we might win. So just you know, consider that, and we'll, we'll kind of incorporate that as we go. But, Drew, let's start. We got Tommy Fleetwood at 10K all the way up at Collin to 1120. In this top range, Who's who are you looking at on a Monday evening? Yeah, so everybody can give me the Xander narrative, which they tried to play up last week, which didn't come to fruition, which doesn't mean it couldn't this week, right? Right. Um, to but, your but point, that, real... those unquantifiable narratives. Yeah. So, it, it, sure, it, it can work out and it can be true, but your people put too much weight in, into it. And for and for betting, I, I, I think, yeah, keep going with that. But I just want to give an example about how everyone was saying that you got to play Xander last week, you got to play X, you play X. And, and people are saying that about Colin, and Colin, it worked out. But but what leverage do you get off playing something in a narrative uh, in, in DFS? I just It just doesn't make much, much sense. So anyway, uh, I didn't mean to go on that rant, but you're not <laughs> no, going to talk good. about X. Yeah, well, who, who are you looking at? Yeah, and I, I think another real quick great point that you made is is the outsider looking in. There's a lot of unfamiliar names on, on in this you know in this field, which which can create an advantage um, on our end, especially DFS wise. Um, I will go back with Colin Morikawa. I know that there's not much I'm going to say about it. Um, we we talk a lot about kind of gaining confidence from the way that you close out a previous event. We know that Colin Morikawa went absolutely nuts on Sunday at Vegas. Um, the one thing that may worry or worry me, especially with him being the highest value guy out there, is kind of the way his short game can be at times. Um, but I just think ball striking wise, if, if he's in that range, I'm going to take him, especially out of the guys. We Paul Casey, of course, dropped out. And then I'm going to go with Decky. Um, he finished second here in 2019 behind Tiger. Kind of a home game for him. In the last 24th, he's, he's actually 11th in strokes gained around the greens, which I kind of found interesting when I was going through things. Um he lost four strokes with the putter last week, which was kind of his week, right? He had a terrible Saturday. We know how streaky he is with the putter, um, but I kind of like the way that he sets up this week. 
Um, past success here, I think, is actually a very big thing when we're talking about, you know, kind of coming back to the same golf course. I know the conditions are going to be slightly different, um, but I'm going to lean on that and I'll go with Decky and, and, and Matsuyama or Decky and Matsuyama, Decky and, uh, and, and Colin Morikawa. Yeah, and there's actually maybe, I was kind of playing with it earlier, maybe be a way to fit both of them in your lineup. And I'll kind of, because the, we also will have to have some really low 6K guys, but we'll get into that. But with it being okay. a small field, with it being not a great field, we actually get ownership inflated and not good fields. It gets inflated to the guys we're familiar with. Like Hideki is likely going to be the highest owned guy, maybe Xander. Yeah, and so... One way to get contrarian is, well, why don't you put Decky and Morikawa in a lineup? And so I, you know, I don't have the, the salaries in front of me. All right, I do, I, but I'm not going to do that math. But I, I, yeah, <laughs> I was playing around earlier, and you could fit in. I might go huge stars and scrubs this this week because I think there's value with some of these Asian tour players. I'll get into that later. But point being is, if you really love, or if anybody really loves Morikawa, Decky, you know, try playing them together, and that is going to be contrarian. I don't think a lot of people will do that. Well, the person I want to talk a lot about is Willie Z. I, this is a Willie Z course. Didn't play all that well um, last time we saw him, but he actually ranks fourth in my model over the last 24 rounds. Yeah, the last time we saw him was at the Shriners, only gained half a stroke on approach, just 0.1 off the tee. That's not great. But what we know about Willie Z, he's a great driver of the golf ball. And so perfect. We need good drivers of the golf ball has pretty good distance for you know his weight but in the last 24 rounds he ranks 16th in strokes gain on approach eighth in ball striking which i really love he ranks seventh off the tee going to be a lot of scoring positions what can kind of give us some um, maybe kind of bother us or give us some fear is that he does rank 31st around the green and 31st might not sound bad but there's 70 something golfers yeah. in this so it's it's not great, but with Willie Z, if he if his approach game is on, we don't got to worry about around the green because he has some of the, you know, some of the best proximity numbers. What Willie Z is going to be the lowest owned out of Morikawa, Shoffley, and Matsuyama. You know, maybe Fleetwood will put him in that up group. So Willie Z is going to be under owned, and to me, he ranks the best in the best in this range. He ranks the best in the, my model. I, I, I love that. Not trending as well, but. Remember, we talked about gaps. He's get a little bit of a gap coming in here, and we've seen his upside. And I don't think anybody would be surprised if Willie Z won. He's going to have an outright of me. I think he's 18 to 1 in this small week field. I, I think that's great value of Willie Z. Anything else before we move down to the 9K range? I just, to your last point there, I do think when we sit here next Monday, Based off the strength of this field, one of the the bigger names is going to get it done this week, in my opinion. That doesn't mean as, as a as a you know DFS perspective we have to fall on that, but I think with with kind of the field we're looking at, one of the guys in the the, the 11, 10, 9K range, I I expect to come out as the winner this week. But the odds again, the odds on the board betting outright wise are just kind of gross, and uh, it's just it's it's what you're comfortable with. What, but you know DFS wise, there's there's some value there for sure. Yeah, oh, you're, you're exactly right, and your Vegas agrees with you. That, that's why everyone's odds are so low near the top of the board, Yeah, obviously in a shorter field. But in DFS, you know, I, I don't think that, obviously, I, you know, I, you know it's, we're not going out on a limb saying someone, the the 13 golfers between 11 and 9 are going to win the tournament. <laughs> you, know, I, that, you know, that's pretty obvious. But I do think that there are some bombs that I'll throw some outrights on that I think have a great opportunity but but you're right. Those golfers are are going to be short odds for for a reason. 
Well, we'll may flip it, flip it around, and maybe I'll start in the nine K range, and I'll see what you think. Yeah. So I, I really love Johnny Vegas, and he's not in the nine K range, eighty nine hundred. But I just wrote him down to talk about him. So he ranks number one in my model in the last twenty four. Ranks ninth on approach, fourth ball striking. You know, there, I think there's five or four par five, so that that's important. He's he ranks third. He ranks fourth in your par three metric that I'm using. He, he's not outside of the top 10 until you get to the around the green game. And so I really like Johnny Vegas. I am worried about his ownership. I do think it'll be inflated because people are going to look at what I'm looking at. And he did play pretty decently last week. I, I, I like Johnny Vegas. I know he's 8,900, but I, I really like him. He, he'd probably be a staple in my, my lineups. And the other guy is CT Pan. So CT Pan you won't stick out and oh, actually he does. I, that's why I talked about him and he's another 8,800 guy, but he ranks out third and the models as you get closer to recent. So my max in that way is 24 rounds. If you get out toward 50, yeah, he won't pop at all, but uh, I'm having 24 and he ranks third and he ranks similar to Vegas top 15 and everything outside bogey or better percentage. But I really love about CT is how he's trending, turning seventh Beth in the field in my model. I, I really like CT and actually none of the guys above them except outside of Keegan. I really like in the nine K range, but I'll shut up and I'll hang up and listen and see what you got to say. <laughs> and listen, CT Pan also has the it played really, really well at the Olympics. Right. And and I know that we can't completely comp both courses to, a, you know, a perfect, uh, you know, extent here, but, but I do like the CT Pan. The nine K range is interesting. Uh, you could talk yourself into Maverick Neely. I'm not going to do that. Uh, the one guy I'm yeah, going to Ma talk about. Maverick, Maverick had his chance last week. Yes. Yeah. The, trust me. The the home game narrative really. Uh, we'll see. We we'll had see to hear Mavigan about it all in California. Week. Yeah. We'll see Mavigan <laughs> in California in February. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I actually, the one guy that I like is at the bottom of the 9K range. It's going to be Mackenzie Hughes. Um, the reason I like him, when you look in the last 24, he's first in, in the entire field in strokes game putting, which again, I will always say putting travels. Um, and he's made nine straight cuts, right? And I know that might not seem extremely important, but his game has been extremely solid for a good amount of time. Now, we don't usually see Mackenzie Hughes up here in this 9K range, um, but there's nice things to look at that the way his game's progressing. Uh, decent week last week. He had a 25th. Um, his short game numbers have been fantastic. Uh, third, third in the field in the last 24 in that. So at the bottom of that 9K range, I'll take Mackenzie Hughes. But again, you can you can talk the Keegan Bradley, and I can get behind it to an extent. You can definitely make the case for him. Again, a guy that's going to be highly owned, especially in that range. He's a household name that people are going to kind of, you know, <clears throat> lean towards. But I will go with Mackenzie Hughes. Probably going to stay away from the the mid to, to high 9K range, I think, going forward on this week. Yeah, and I'm, you know, you mentioned a good thing about Keegan's ownership. I'm interested to see how well or how how I owned he is going to be. I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah, it's not up yet. But because when we first saw him this fall at the Sanderson Farms, he was a mega chalk. Then he played much better at the CJ Cup last week and performed pretty decently. Uh, I think he had a bad round four. But anyway, he performed pretty nicely. And so he was low owned last week. And I'm wondering, it, you know, are we going to meet somewhere in the middle with him? If he's 10%. You know, might be a little bit higher because winner no cut event. So maybe it's under 15. I may hammer Keegan. He models sure. out very well. Talk about a guy that can keep it in the fairway and knock it on an approach. And I like your Hughes call, but I will just give, and this, I'm not trying to trigger anybody, 
And in my kind of strokes game projections, he models out one of the worst <laughs> off the tee and actually on approach. And so my my little projections I'm keeping to myself, it says you know, don't trigger the don't trigger I'm, anybody, dude. I'm not trying to piss anybody <laughs> off. But, but anyway, yeah, so I, I but I, I do your putting travels and he's he's trending really, really well with the putter. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, again, it's it's tough because ownership's certainly going to be higher um, in the nine K range. To, I could, I would expect Keegan. We'll and we'll we'll see it come, you know, tomorrow evening into into Wednesday. But I could see Keegan, especially playing decent last week, be up there, you know, in the eighteen to twenty range. Which I, I don't know if I can get behind that. But to your point, if he's if he's fifteen or below or anywhere around thirteen, I think it's probably a safe, smart play to go ahead and and have him in some lineups. Yeah. And so I'll just kind of, you know, I agree. And I'll just kind of recap real quick in, in the AK. Love, love Vegas, Pan. If you want to throw another guy out there, Ortiz, an Ortiz guy, a guy can get streaky with the putter, but actually he's been ball striking or just hitting the ball pretty well recently. And looking at the CJ Cup, he gained 4.6 on approach. And now I'm looking at his putter, a guy who over ever since he was a tour player, gained strokes on putting. But in the last five, he's lost 2.6. Last 10, he's lost 2.4. So not trending well with the putter, but a guy traditionally who puts the ball well, maybe we get some positive progression. But he, he had the CJ Cup, he was 6.1. He gained on TD Green. He's a, he's another guy. But let's move down in the seven range, unless there's anybody else that's – Yeah, I do want to mention AK. one other guy. Yeah. One other guy, KH Lee. Um, mm -hmm. Everything says to play KH Lee to me. In the last 24 – He's first off the tee. Um, he's sixth in strokes gain total, fifth in strokes gain tee to green. He's doing a lot of nice things. He was plus in um, approach last week and strokes gain putting. So the game seems to be trending okay. I do kind of like KH Lee in, in a course and setup like this. Uh, 8,700 is a little rich. Again, a guy I'd keep an eye on projection or uh, projected ownership on. But he would be my other guy in the 8K range and maybe – Maybe you could sprinkle in some Adam Shank as well. But Adam Shank, the problem is, man, we sit here every week and Adam Shank pops on models and strokes gain and we yeah. see it all the time. And it's like it doesn't come to fruition when we talk about the week that was. And so it's like how much do you want to continue this ride with Adam Shank? And, and again, he had a decent week last week, um, was up towards the, the top of the leaderboard on Thursday, yeah. which is kind of Adam Shank's M.O., um, but I don't know if I'm going to fall back in the trap guy. again. But I will. Uh, I will play some KH Lee this week. Yeah, it's hard to hard to ride the shanks for too long, and you get you kind of lose <laughs> your mind. But I, I wonder. I, we've seen KH Lee's no, or I have at least. I should I should speak for myself. But pop on Twitter today, and so it makes me wondering. I haven't mentioned. I haven't seen Vegas's uh, name. Maybe that recency bias because he didn't win last week, and everybody was on him. But I would wonder who is going to be highly owned. KH Lee, Vegas. Who do you think just Monday at eight o'clock? Who's going to be high, more high on Vegas or KH Lee? Do you think Vegas? I will you go with Johnny so? Vegas. I, I think I so. Just just yeah. to make it fun. I'll, I'll yeah, go let's with do it. <laughs> let's do it. I think it's going to be pretty damn close, to be honest with you. Uh, when I when hope we so. it, yeah, I think it will be. So that'll be it'll be a fun little thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I can just again we're talking about DFS. If if they have the same ownership, I would go. High or own more of Vegas, own less of KH Lee, probably fade outright. There's just more reasons to 
see he might be bad chalk than good chalk. But anyway, let's come down. 9K. Now we're getting into some juicy spots. Now we're getting into the sicko range or close to it. Hashtag blatant golf. Well, who do you like? Kind of 8K and and all the way down. Yeah, let's do 8, 7K range. Yeah, 7K. I'm going to go back to Harry Higgs. He's not a guy I play a lot. Um, probably going to be a high-owned guy, but yeah. fourth and par three efficiency. So he does the main thing well that I'm, I'm kind of looking at this week. Um, he's in another thing that surprised me last 24 in this field, he's first in strokes gained around the greens. He ninth last week, his game seems to be trending in, in a nice direction. And then I'm going to go back to the old faithful Brendan Todd. Um, yeah, sure. talk a about a golf course. Yeah. You talk yeah. about a golf course. I just think sets up for Brendan Todd really well as this one. He's going to put the ball in play. Um, he's, he's in the top 20 in par three efficiency, not great based off the field. Um, I just think this golf course, stats aside, we kind of know the player Brennan Todd is. And I just think looking at everything, it's it's a week that for him is perfect. He's not overly long. You don't have to be overly long. He He's extremely accurate off the tee. Uh, and he can putt it pretty dang well. And so I think it's kind of a recipe for him to have a nice week in the 7K range. Those would be kind of the two guys I'm looking at. Yeah, nice. And I, I, I like – I looked at Todd too – I couldn't get there because he hasn't been playing like the the, the yes. normal Todd we see. But but it, that back form is there, so he yeah he can get there. I do like that Todd call should be pretty low owned, and we wouldn't be surprised if Todd pops. You know, I wonder what Streb's going to be. You know, Streb is not a, I, I, he might ownership might get inflated. I, I I might steer clear on, but I think a lot of people will be on Norlander, and there's a lot to like with Henrik. He's yeah, sixth in model over the last twenty four rounds. He's seventh on approach, thirteenth ball striking. You know, strokes game par five, he ranks eighth, and around a green, he's eighth. So in, in that range, he's actually kind of highlights as the best. Uh, Norlander. So really Norlander's like, an know. interesting name because he's he's going to pop well, on models. Yeah, yeah, and he's going <laughs> to pop on models. He's a lot like Adam yeah. Shank to an extent because he does a, a lot of good things. And if you just sit there and you say, hey, if I'm going to run with the strokes game data, I'm going to run with whatever I see statistically – He's going to be in your lineup a lot of the time. However, is that a good bad thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's had good weeks, right? But but he hasn't had great weeks um, as far as getting in the winner circle. So yeah, I would think that if you're just looking and playing, which is not the way to do it, you can't just look at strokes gain numbers and say, okay, this guy is the guy I'm playing. There there has to be more baked into it. But I think for that reason, a lot of people will be on him. Yeah, I I, I, I can believe that. And so I'll just go over a few other Luke list. I actually really like models yep. out well long-term and he's trending, but after I playing out of Scott last week and sweating it on Sunday, I, I don't know if I have the heart to follow Luke list putter all weekend. Luckily it's going to be 3 a.m. or whatever on the <laughs> East coast. So I, yeah, you know, I don't have to watch it. You'll be asleep. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really like Luke, Luke list. What's, what's really interesting is Brendan Steele. He, he is kind of trending nicely. You know, if the, if the wind picks up, Matt Jones is showing some life, and we always want to get in on Matt Jones because it's a guy who's very streaky but knows how to win when when it's turned on. So I, look for Matt Jones. Watch the weather. Anybody else before we get into the the cheap? No, the Matt Jones the call. 6K range? Matt Jones call is interesting. I know a lot of people, a guy that I look at that's going to be highly owned is going to be Pat Perez. I just don't want anything to do with it. I just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
like Pat Perez just doesn't, and I, I'm not saying we need win equity here, but Pat Perez, anytime Pat Perez seems to be chalk, it just seems to be bad chalk. Uh, and Pat yeah. Perez will be chalk here. Won a household name. Last 24, he's, he's first in strokes game total. So mm -hmm. people are going to play him. But for me, it's like I just get tired of playing. It's like the Paul Casey narrative, right? Everybody yeah. can look at Paul Casey and say, luckily he withdrew, so I don't have to hear about it all week. Um, but but it's it's the same thing, right? Like it's everything says to play him and play him and play him. It just it continues to not work um, to an extent. But Matt Jones, I think, has a hundred to one tag in front of him is an outright. So so if you feel good about that, that maybe that's a, that's a number you look at. Um, yeah, Matt I Jones like seems to just randomly pop up and play extremely well, and you just have to be on it at the right time. And and mm -hmm. so hopefully, if that's the case this week, I'm I'm rooting for him, man. Well, I love Matt Jones, and, and it, we're not. I'm not on there yet, but when he won at, gosh, where was it last year at Florida? That crazy windy Sunday, especially for those back nine players. But anyway, yeah, when Matt Jones, I love Matt Jones because when he gets hot with the irons, it lasts for a while. And I, and I want to believe, like this is a narrative, so whatever. But I want to believe it's because he plays so quick, so it just gets in that rhythm, and he just starts cooking. He starts cooking, and. He's, he's a great around the green. You know, There's actually, nothing going on up here, man. It's just see it, yeah. hit it, and go. Just, just reacting. So look look out for Matt Jones. But let's move into the fun range. That 6K, you, you, you kind of tee us off. Let's get after it. Who do you like in a 6K range? Yeah, I got two guys. And I know this is, again, always the bread and butter of the show because you're fantastic in this range. But I'm going to go with Song Kang. Um, yeah. A lot of things to like, right? Uh, he had a decent week last week, but in the field in the last 24, 11 strokes game short game, fifth in strokes game putting, which is ridiculous. I don't know how that's a thing, but if we're riding a hot putter in the last 24, I'm going to go with it, especially in this range. And he's had success here in the past. He had a 17th in 2019 when Tiger won. I, every time I mention this, I'm going to mention the Tiger won just because that's what we have to do here. Um, and so, But I will take him. Uh, course history, form, been playing well. In the 6K range, I think it sets up nicely. And then Sam Ryder would be the other guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, he's missed his cut in his last event he's played, throwing that out. Everything's been pretty solid but that. Um, he's six in stroke skin approach. He's doing a lot of nice things as far as ball striking-wise. And to get him at 6,700, those are be two guys that I'm looking at in that range. Um, and, again, I love the Sung Kang in 6,300. Again, one of those guys that is extremely volatile when you're talking about oh, playing yeah. him because luckily with no cut yeah because because he's a guy that, that can oh, go yeah. out and fire 79 78 and and be trunk slamming real quick but this week is not the case uh so i think that actually makes me like him a little bit better um but again his game kind of like we spoke to earlier you got to catch it at the right time i'm hoping i'm catching it at the right time yeah well i love that and i'm surprised you're not you're not mentioning Neesmith, your boy. Uh, he kind of showed some life, continued to hit the ball well. Yeah, he's in the 6K. Uh, Neesmith is is a great play. But I want to point out a, a guy that's on the, the Asian short, and that's Rikuyu Hoshina. And he Hoshina was actually really popular going into the Olympics, if you remember, because he was playing for Japan with, with Hideki. He was the other guy that, uh, yeah, that Japan had. And he's that, that young guy that won – three times on the Asia tour kind of heading into the, the Olympics and kind of 
had an okay Olympic, but recently in the last seven tournaments, he hasn't finished worth it worse than 28th. Um, this past tournament, so last week actually had a 23rd, then he had two top tens. This guy is supposed to be Japan's next big thing, and he's I think 60. Uh, I can't see it. Looks like he's 6,200. We always see, we kind of saw it last week with the fake Siwoo, that one of these Asian guys pops and he, and he can help take down a, a, a GPP. And Hoshina, I, I think, it is a great one. He, he actually went really highly owned for who he actually is at the Olympics. I think we're going to get a huge discount because, one, no one's going to be talking about it because – you know, you're playing for Japan and the Olympics in Japan. That narrative's gone. I know we're still playing in Japan here, but I think we're gonna. He's gonna be super low owned, and he has t tons of upper upside. Anytime, whether you're on any tour or whatever, if you can fit win three times in a season, you're you're doing pretty well, and you're a pretty good golfer. A real yeah. wild, a real wild card. I want to throw out right now, and that is old man Sean Norris, who I think is minimum price, or he's sixty one hundred. John Norris has been playing on the Asia tour, even though he's from uh, South Africa, I, I believe. And he's, he's old. He's like 40 years old or something, I think. But let me just tell you, last not, week. Well, let's, let's calm down with the old at 40. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, let's, let's pull the brakes yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so he played last week at the Japan Open Golf Tournament Tour Championship, and he won that. And he won it by, I think, three strokes. And third place, he won it by six strokes. So it was him and this other golfer that kind of pulled away. And Sean Norris, yeah, just kind of blew away the field pretty much outside the guy who finished second, played really well. Then his tournament before that he just won last week, he finished fifth. So really kind of hitting the ball well. Again, on any tour, if you can win, that's that that, that shows you have some ability. And so we might get Sean Norris trending into this tournament well. He's already been in Asia. Again, he just came off a win before his win, came off a top five. And at 6,100, I think he is. No, he's at minimum price. Yeah, he's, he's at 6,000. Yep. Well, and, and that's what I was talking about before the show. So if you like Decky and you like Xander, you can put Sean Norris in there. And he's got what we just seen. He just won on the Asia Tour last week against a lot of the other Asian Tour players that are here right now. And you get four rounds of them. There's no cut. And he, he, we already know he makes birdies. I think he shot 17 under, and again, third place was 11 under at this past tournament. So look at Sean Norris at 6K. Look at Hoshina, who's just above him. The other guy I want to bring up is Wesley Bryan, who we haven't seen him, I think, since last spring. I, I can't even believe, I don't even know why Wesley is here or how he got here, but but he actually models out well. His species, he's kind of pretty decent off the tee or kind of has been. The reason he kind of I think, lost his card, he, you know, he had the yips with it. But it looks like it's kind of returning. Actually, decent on par fives. Pretty decent with um, with kind of getting birdies. And at 6K, I, I, I might throw a couple stabs at, at Wesley Bryan. Really, really like him. You mentioned Long, so I'm not going to speak much on that. But if I just had to leave you all with those two names that are going to go real low owned because people are not familiar with them. Yeah, it's Norris and it's Hoshino. Yeah, and I also think you made a great point is <clears> – <throat> People want to think of like the KFT tour, the Asian tour. Like if you can win on the Asian tour or the Corn Ferry tour, we've seen it with guys coming out of college. I don't care that it's not the PGA tour. There's so many good golfers everywhere that 
a guy on the Asian tour can come in and compete and win in this event. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, the There's just so many good golfers across all these tours that we just focus on the PGA Tour. But when you look at it from a bigger perspective, I mean, you look at these scores. There's guys on a tour I've never even heard of shooting 27 under par. It's just the amount yeah. of great golf out there. So it's a great point is, is, yeah, this guy might not be a household name. This might not be the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour. But if you can play, you can play. It doesn't matter where it's at. It's yeah. ball hole. If you can play, you can play. And so we can't be afraid to play somebody just because they're not a household name. And that's why you got to look at trends and look at how people are playing. And, yeah, if, if somebody's riding a heater, you roll with it because why not? If, if you're playing good golf, you're playing good golf. Oh, yeah. And, and let, let me let me tell you that because I, I just pulled it up. And so, yeah, this was his last tournament. This was yesterday they finished up and yesterday Japan time. So whatever. But he finished at 19 under, Sean Norris did. And he's already in Japan. Again, so if you want that narrative, he's been in Japan a couple weeks. He's been comfortable there. He just won. He finished 19th under. The second place guy finished 15 under. So yeah. he, got, he beat, beat second wow. by four. And then, then there was a tied for third at 11 under. So between him, Sean Norris, and third place was eight strokes. And the, just to give you this, this course wasn't a course like we played last week or the week before. It looks like the cut was even par here. And he yeah. and at, at a place at cut even par, he shot 67, 64, 64. And then with that huge lead, just coasted in with a 70 and still one by four. Sean Norris coming in kind of pretty, pretty hot. Uh it's 6K. Why, why not take a stand? I mean, what yeah, what do you have to lose? Oh, and yeah, and it's your point. Literally, a 6K guy gives you ultimate ammunition to kind of do what you want. If there's guys you love up top, you sprinkle in a 6K guy, you can play the Decky in the uh, in, in the Colin Morikawa. You can play Zalatoris. You can, I mean, you can kind of come up with your combinations at the top and, and sprinkle him in some lineups, and it gives you the opportunity to – if you think that a guy at the top is going to win, like we talked about, we do. If you get somebody like that that has a solid top 10, top 20, top 15 week, then we're cooking uh, as far as DFS-wise. And if he's super low-owned, then we're even at a, a bigger advantage moving forward. So that's that's lovely. I mean, it's not every day we, we talk 6K floor guys. And so right. good on you for for digging that up there with Sean Norris. Um, doesn't sound like a guy playing on the Asian tour, but no. but again, <laughs> he's, he's in Japan. Yeah, he's man. I uh I look forward to that. That's a good call, and but again, good golf travels any tour. You know, it's just the way it is. So ride the hot hand, and I think especially in in events, no cut events with crappy fields, that is better than trying to form a narrative about a guy not playing well that we are well aware of, mm -hmm. and just hoping that this is the week he turns it around. Give me the hot hand of a guy that we don't know of uh, to an extent, because I think that that's probably the more reliable option than than kind of hoping somebody starts playing well instead of riding somebody that is playing well. Yeah, yeah, well said. Well, before we, we kind of get out and uh, go watch some football, any, are you going to stay up and watch some of these rounds up until – 2 a.m., 3 a.m. on the East Coast? No. No. Yeah. no. I got two kids under four and uh, a job. So, yeah. listen, there might be like a foggy, you know, couple adult beverages deep, like midnight on like a yeah. Friday or Saturday. But, 
it's probably better for my and your mental health to not sit there and watch guys miss, you know, 10 foot putts all day long. It's one of those when like you wake up to, to, to go to the bathroom at 4:30 AM, you just pop up DraftKings real quick, just to see what's going on and and hope that it doesn't stress you out too much that where you can't fall back asleep. (laughs) Right. Right. You're not worried about losing money. Well, exactly. well, Well, good stuff. And, yeah, I'm if if I'm in contention at GPP, I may stay up. But what I'm really looking forward to is not having the Thursday overreactions on Twitter during the day. Now they get to be late at night while we're while we're sleeping because that can kind of get crazy. They'll be but, buried in my timeline by the time yeah, I wake up. You'll so wake that's up good. Friday morning to them. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. All right, Drew. Anything else before we go off and we get started on this week? No. Good luck to everybody and. Uh, it is what it is, man. Zozo this year, it, it'll it'll be fun regardless. Um, again, back to back no cut events allows everybody to feel like they're still in it, right? Yeah. Like it's not like you're out of it Friday. You might be out of it, but you don't feel like it. You could say, "Hey, listen, my guy's gonna go low," um, and so it'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to it, and and uh, we'll we'll be back here uh, next Monday. That sounds good. Well, we appreciate y'all. Good luck this week, and. Happy viewing, late night golf. See (laughs) y'all.